Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Luke chapter 2, are you there? We're going to put it up on the screen as well. I'm beginning to read in verse 1. And we've been talking about the arrival. We've been going through Advent, and Advent means arrival. We've been talking about the first arrival. And how many know we're also waiting for a second arrival of our King Jesus? Believe that he is coming back for us. And one day he's going to split the sky and come pick up his church. And uh, we believe this with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. But reflecting on the first Advent, look what it says. If we could put it up on the screen, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Corinna is governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped them up with clothes and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And I know we probably have heard this a million times, and I've heard a preacher preach this a long, long time ago. He says there was no room at the inn, and I wonder if there's room in our heart for Jesus this Christmas Eve. Verse 8, and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Oh, come on. I think the 9 a.m. we should have gave coffee this morning. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Anybody know that when God shows up, you got to give him the glory, you got to give him the honor, and you got to give him the praise. Come on, he's worthy of all the glory. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and they were gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. It was a silent night. Maybe not. Maybe he was crying. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured all these things up in her heart, and she pondered on them. And it says, the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Which were just as they had been told. I want to share a quick message with you this Christmas Eve morning. And if you're taking notes, I hope you can take down something, jot down something this morning that will help you out as we spend the rest of the night with family and friends and as you wake up tomorrow morning. But I got a message in my heart and I've titled it, Look No Further. Look no further. Come on, can you tap four or five people around you and tell them, look no further, 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 look no further. You know, I think Christmas is an awesome time, and I think the holiday season is an incredible time. But I think a lot of people are looking. A lot of people are searching. A lot of people are waiting. There's people waiting, looking, and searching through this holiday season. 
I mean, people, we wait for all kinds of things. We look for everything that you can imagine. And, and, and some of us, we're waiting because if you're Hispanic, you open up the gifts at midnight. And uh, if you're not, you wait till tomorrow morning. But, but we're waiting to see what somebody gave us. We're waiting to see what is under a Christmas tree. We're waiting to see a family member. We're waiting to see what has happened. Life is a lot about waiting. We talked about this the first week of the Arrival series. There's a whole lot of waiting in life, right? You, you wait till you get your driver's license when you're, what, 16 years old. You got to wait until you're 21 to be, be considered an adult to do a couple things. It's like you wait in life for different things. You wait to see if you can find something good in life. You're waiting most of your life. You are waiting for things, and, and waiting can be frustrating, right? A lot of us, we can get frustrated in the waiting. But life is a lot about waiting. Looking as well, life is about looking. We're looking for things. We're looking. Maybe you're, you're in here today and you're, you're looking, trying to see if you can find a, a decent spouse and a, def, a, a decent husband or wife, and you're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And we got Josh up here in the front row. He's been looking for a long time, and I believe God's going to answer him soon. But I'm just kidding. I love Josh. But you're looking. Life is about looking. And we're looking, we're searching, looking for a better job, looking for a better opportunity, looking for more money, looking for more finances. God, I need it. God, where you been? I've been waiting. I've been looking. I'm hoping that my financial situation turns around. I'm looking. I'm searching. We're searching as well. We spend our lives waiting, looking, and searching. It's what we've been talking about. What are we doing as, as humans? What are we doing as human beings here on earth? We are looking, waiting, searching. Maybe, maybe one day I'll get that job that I really want. Maybe one day I'll get that career that I really, really desire. And one day I'll be making the money I need. One day, one day my marriage will look like the marriage I envisioned. We talked about failed expectations last Sunday. One day maybe I will get that dream job. One day I will get that dream marriage. One day I'll get that dream family that I've always wanted. Always wanted the, the kids at home, and I've always wanted my kids to come to church with me, and I've always wanted my family together. Maybe one day I'll be there. Humanity is searching. Humanity as a whole, we are looking, searching, looking, waiting. I wonder if you came in here this morning, and this is where you find yourself. You find yourself searching. You find yourself waiting. You find yourself looking. And you're saying, Alex, okay, I know there's a lot of reasons to celebrate. And tonight, a lot of people are going to gather together and, and a lot of people are going to celebrate. And there's going to be parties everywhere. And tomorrow morning as well, it's going to be great. But, but, but me, I really don't have a reason to celebrate because you're still waiting, looking, and searching. Maybe you're saying, man, maybe there's something about Christmas. I don't know what it is. You know what I think? I think Christmas sometimes, it really comes to show us more what we don't have than what we do have. And so what happens is a lot of people during this season, they, they start to remember what they don't have. Well, I, don't, I don't have the peace I've been looking for. I don't have the finances I've been wanting. I don't have the family. Maybe, maybe this past year you lost somebody in your family. And so this, this holiday season is a little bit tough, and, and you're waiting and say, maybe one day in glory I'll see them again. Maybe, maybe this past year you went through a financial difficulty, and you're, you're, you're looking and searching, and you're saying, I know people want to celebrate, but, but me right now, I really am not in a spot where I can celebrate. Humanity's all looking. You know what we do? We end up replacing all these things with material things, with things that we can find around us. We talked about this, that when you can't see what, who we should worship, we start to worship what's around us. And so we look for finances. We look for possessions because we all want money, power, respect, pleasures, love. So we start filling our life with all these earthly things, trying to fulfill that which God has put inside of us. So this Christmas season, people will, will run up a credit card way past his limit just to try to fulfill some kind of satisfaction. 
because I need something. I've been waiting, I've been looking, I've been searching. Maybe that's how you are here this morning. Can I tell you, I believe you are in the right place at the right time in God's presence with God's people because I believe we don't have to look anymore. I don't believe that you have to keep searching. I believe that the answer is already here. His name is Jesus. Come on, he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Son of God who came down to earth. God who dressed up in the flesh, stepped down into the earth to say you don't have to keep waiting. You don't have to keep looking. You don't have to keep searching. I am the peace. I am the answer. I am the love. I am the provision. I am everything your heart has been going after. Come on. Is there anybody glad that Jesus came down and we can celebrate and we don't have to look anymore? He is the answer. He is the answer. In Luke chapter 2, what we just read, I love it because this whole time we've seen God on the move. And by the way, can I tell you this morning, God is always on the move. Whether you see him or not, God is always on the move on your behalf. Can I tell you that you have a God who loves you? You have a God who's for you? You have a God who's on your side? We say it every Sunday, but I wonder how many of us actually understand it and get it inside of our minds and our spirit and our hearts and our souls that God, he is in love with me. He is working on my behalf. He is working for me. He's going to work it out. I have a God who loves me. I have a God who's obsessed with me, and he's working for me. Come on. He's a God who's always behind the scenes working. And I don't know if this Christmas season you have something in your life that makes no sense. And when you look at it on paper, you're saying, how is this thing going to work out? Can I tell you? I don't know. And maybe you don't know. But there's a God in heaven who knows it all. And he's going to work it out. Come on, somebody. Do you really believe that God can work it out? I don't know how my life is going to work out. I don't know how this situation is going to play out. I don't know what five years down the road is going to look like. Can I tell you there's a God in heaven who knows exactly what your life is going to look like. He's always working on our behalf. The Bible says he never sleeps and he never slumbers. He's always working. He's a God who's on 24-7. While we're sleeping, he's looking over us. I can be kind of creepy, but listen, he's a God who loves us. While you're sleeping, he's watching over you, talking to him more. Uh, Sunday night after Winwood, it was me, Diana, and Amor. We said one of our favorite verses in the Bible says that he will give us sweet sleep. Oh, maybe this holiday season you haven't been able to sleep. Maybe there's a lot of things on your mind. Can I tell you, he's the God who gives us sweet sleep. You can go to sleep at night trusting, resting in the faithful love of God that he is on your side and that he's working on your behalf. 9 a.m., can you give God a big shout of praise if you really believe this, that we serve a God who is working on our side. And so all along. In the birth story of God, he's been working behind the scenes. He's been setting it up all for a plan and all for a purpose. You have no idea what your life is looking at. You have no idea why some things have happened. Can I tell you, we have a God who orchestrates every single piece in our life, and he's moving pieces because he's about to set you up for a blessing. Come on, tell somebody, God's about to set you up for a blessing. God, but why? I've been looking, waiting, searching. He's setting you up for a blessing. He was preparing everything. In Luke chapter 2, we see that God has been behind this the whole time. We read a couple weeks ago where it really didn't start in a manger. It started in a garden we talked about. And we talked about a God who gave a promise in the garden. And he says, one day a seed is going to come out of this woman and it will crush the head of the serpent. And so we said back then, what, it's not if, but it's when. It's not if, but it's when. It's not if God shows up, but when he shows up in your life. 
if is never the question, it's when. And it's that waiting time. I'm going to remind somebody this morning, it's not if God is going to do it, but it's when he's going to do it. It's not an if, but when. And then we saw that the angel came and spoke to Zachariah and Elizabeth, who were way beyond their years to have a baby, and also spoke to Mary, who was a virgin. And, and the situation seemed complicated, we said, but it was completed. Seemed complicated, but it was completed. Your situation may look complex, but can I tell you, in him, it is already completed. It's already completed. And then we get to Luke chapter 2. And I love what Luke chapter 2, verse 6 says. If we could put this up, Luke chapter 2, it says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And I, I look at this, and I, to me, I, I just got stuck on this verse for a moment because the second part, the time came for the baby to be born. I love that line. Because I think that line represents more than just nine months of carrying a baby. Like, I, obviously, after nine months and the water breaks, it's time. You better go to the hospital running quick. But, but I think it was more uh, the time of God. The time came for the baby to be born, not just because Mary was nine months pregnant, not just because she had been already walking around for a while and Jesus had to be born because that's it, the water had broke. It, it was more than that. I really believe God had set up this perfect time for Jesus to be born at this perfect hour because we serve a God of perfect moments. And to us, they may not be perfect, but we have a perfect God who works everything out in his time, not our time. And so the time came for God to be born as a man here, and we call him Jesus. Can I tell somebody today that I believe, point one, your time is now. Your time is now. The time is now. Maybe you came in here searching. Maybe you came in here looking. Maybe you came in here waiting. Maybe you came in here carrying some things of the past. Can I tell you the time is now to let those things go? The time is now. You don't have to carry this around anymore. You don't have to carry around doubt. You don't have to carry around the scars of your past. You don't have to carry around questions about life. Can I tell you the answer came when the time came for the baby to be born? The answer came for all humanity. The time is now. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 say this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Go back to verse 4, if we can, for a second. But when the fullness of time had come. Why, why was Jesus born over 2,000 years ago in a, in a very poor town called Bethlehem, to some what we be considered peasants at that time, low people, low jobs. Why, why was it there? Because it was the fullness of time that God had ordained. Yeah, Alex, but I understand right now with the internet and FaceTime and Skype, like he could talk to, he could have a million disciples at one second. Like, Alex, now the time would have been perfect. Yeah, but he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. Can I tell you, the time was dead and the time is now that God wants to move in your life. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to follow God. I don't know if I'm ready to let some of these things go. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an abuse of the past. Can I tell you, if there's somebody around here today carrying around things of the past, you can let it go today. The time is now. You can let it go because the answer came, and his name is Jesus. Come on. 
don't know about you, but, but that's one thing that gets me mad at the enemy. When I see people still carrying around burdens of the past and they got all this weight on their shoulders and I'm not, wait a minute, wait a minute, because it's more than a tree, it's more than lights, it's more than a present, it's a Savior who came down to say you don't have to carry around that weight, you don't have to carry around that abuse, you don't have to carry around those scars. The answer is already here. Look no further. The time is now time is now. I don't know how you walked in here this morning, but can I tell you the time? It is now. Alex, but I'm not ready. I I don't know if I can enter into a relationship with God and really live for God. I really don't understand the time. It is now. Oh, but I mean, the the holiday season, it just reminds me so much of the pain and, and the anguish and the abuse. The time is now to give that to God. The time is now. I'll change my life the day of tomorrow. I'll start living for God the day of tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. The time, it is now. The Bible says the day of salvation is today. It is today. Look at the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians. It says, for he says, in the time of my favor I heard you. And in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It is now. We don't serve a God of yesterday, we don't serve a God of maybe tomorrow, we serve a God of right now. In the fullness of time, his plan came to be. I think for some people this morning, the fullness of God's time for you to let some things go is this morning. For you to move on with your life, for you to really stop searching, stop waiting, stop looking, stop waiting on your own plans, stop trying to figure it out on your own and say, maybe I can do this, maybe I can carry it around by myself. The time is now. Time is now. Stop focusing on what you don't have and look at everything God has already given us. Alex, but 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 I really I don't know. The first thing that I love every time the angel showed up and told either Zachariah or Joseph or Mary certain things, I, I love that one of the first words they always said was, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We live in a world where fear paralyzes so many people it'll paralyze you from moving forward with your destiny with your calling with your purpose it'll paralyze you and stop you to to celebrate anything good that God has done and while people are celebrating the holidays fear has got you locked up because I can't celebrate because what about if 2017 is going to go worse than 2016 you're already fear is already paralyzing next year and you don't you're not even in control of that Oh, fear is stopping you from moving ahead in anything that God wants for your life. Because you're saying, what about if this time my marriage fails again? What about if this time my family doesn't work out again? And the angel always comes and says, do not be afraid. And I love those words. Because anytime God shows up, fear has to go. It has to go. There is no place for fear when God shows up. Number two, the fear is gone. Look no further, fear has to go. I don't know how you walked in here this morning, don't know what your life is looking at, but can I tell you, fear has to go over your life. Can you release yourself into the hands of Creator God to say, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my future. My past is not going to determine it. I'm going to trust and believe in the God of the universe. Fear has no place over my life. What is Christmas really? What is it really about? It's really about that God came down into earth, so there is no fear, because if God is for me, who can be against me? 
Oh, come on. I don't know about you. I love, I love the trees and I love the presents and I love everything we are going to celebrate. And I love El Lechoro Sao and see the big ferocity. Come on, all of us, we're going to enjoy it tonight. And you're going to have a great time with family and with friends. But when I look, I see something further. That a God in heaven loved me so much that he got up out of heaven and he came down to earth to say, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to keep searching. You don't have to keep looking. I am the answer. I've got you. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am that I am. What I spoke before creation, I will fulfill after the fear is gone. You can trust the Savior. You can trust your Creator. Come on. Church, I don't know about you, but, but to me, fear has no place. And even when it wants to creep up because I'm human, and even when doubt comes, like we learned about John the Baptist last week, I have to trust that God is for me. Because he sent his only son to come and be born in a manger for me. I love the gifts. I love the music. I love everything. But more than that, it represents that God, he is by my side. And that he's going to hold me. And he's going to be with me. And even when times that I don't understand and it doesn't look pretty and it looks ugly and my life may look like it's going through a roller coaster, I have to trust that God sent down his son to say I'm with you and that he's closer than I know. He's by my side and he's going to uphold me and he's going to pick me up and he's going to be by my side. Don't know what you're fearing this morning. Don't know what you're afraid of this morning. I don't know if you can't really worship what this is all about today, Jesus, because of fear. But can I tell you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Alex, I get it, but tomorrow I got, do not be afraid. I will, but next week I have to pay rent and do not be afraid. I get it, but you don't understand. My son and my daughter, they're still away from home. They don't know, do not be afraid. But my marriage, I mean, they already sent the divorce paper. Do not be afraid. I've made these mistakes. I'm still in sin, and I got these addictions, these habits. My life is Do not be afraid. God is with us. He's with you today. He's with me. He's with us. He's here now. This is faith. We believe he's here right now. Advent, the arrival, what we've been talking about. Pray you, you realize what it all means. It's that we are looking back to celebrate the faithfulness of God that he did, he did arrive. And he did show up. And he didn't, break, he didn't make a promise just to break it. He didn't make a promise to lie. He's faithful even when we're unfaithful. He's faithful even when we turn our backs on him. The king of the world did arrive down to earth. This is faith. This is what we believe. This is what we proclaim. This is our creed. This is what we, all we are standing on, the rock of our salvation. It is Jesus that came down to earth as a baby who became a man. The lion, the lamb who became a lion, who went up on a cross and he died for our sins. This is what we believe in. This is the bedrock of our salvation. And we believe that God is here because of that. And when he, when he went up on the cross and he gave up his life, the Holy Spirit descended on the early church and it descended on you and me. And now the kingdom of God, it is alive inside of you and inside of me where there is no fear, where we have the hope of glory, where we have the light of the world. It is called Jesus. 
I wonder if you know this Savior today. You have to realize that you don't have to look any further because the search is finally over. What they've been waiting for, what they were praying for, what over 4,000 years prophets were speaking about time and time again, the Savior came down into the world. God is not a man to lie or a son of man to break his promise. What he's spoken of your life, he will fulfill. The God who started the work will finish it. He's got you in the palm of his hands. Can you trust him? Look no further. Don't know what you're looking for. Don't know what you're searching for. But this morning, you don't have to look no further. I truly believe that Christmas, the baby in the manger, what it all represents is that God is not a God who's on top, but he's also here with us. He's not only the God of the above. A lot of us, we have this thought, this idea, this imagination, God is above us. He is above us, but he's also with us. He's omnipresent. That's what it means. He's here. He's, he's in our midst. God is here. That's why when, when, when we begin to worship him and we begin to lift up his name, the presence of God begins to manifest amongst us. And that's why healings take place, salvation take place, eyes are open, and people's lives are changed because God came down in the form of a baby who became a man, and now he's amongst us. The kingdom of heaven is already here. Number three, the search is over. The search is over. Are you looking for something this morning? Can I tell you the search is over? Are you looking for an answer this morning? Can I tell you the search is over? Are you looking for some peace this morning? Can I tell you the search is over? Are you looking for some provision this morning? Can I tell you it's already here? The, the, the search, it is over. He came. He is the answer. He is. He's my peace. He's my, he's my rock. This is what John the Baptist couldn't understand. That the kingdom of God he thought was going to be a king in a palace and overtaking Rome and overtaking the known world at the time, right? This is what we spoke about last week. And we said, well, well, it, it was going to be a different kingdom. And God, Jesus responded by saying, listen, all these miracles are taking place. I'm doing all these things. The kingdom is already here. You're looking for a different type of kingdom. My kingdom is here. The eyes are being opened and the dead are coming to life. And be, people are being set free. And good news are being preached to the captives. But in theology, there's this term that is used a lot that it, what it is, is it's called already but not yet. Already, but not yet. And this is what we live in. That the kingdom of God is already here, but it is also not yet. Well, what do you mean, Alex? The kingdom of God is already here partially. It's in you and me. And, and the dead are raised to life, and eyes are open, and, and, and the deaf do hear. And we see God do amazing things. And how many of us came to life when we met Jesus, and we saw the power, and the, we were witnesses of the kingdom of God, but not yet because this is what Advent is about. We look back, and we see the first arrival, but we're also looking forward, realizing there's a second arrival that's going to take place. The King Jesus will come again. We look back to remember his faithfulness, but we look forward to hope in the promises. And the main promise is that he is coming again. Advent, the arrival, King Jesus one day is going to come. 
And the same baby that was born in a manger that became a man that died on a cross that resurrected and he went up, up to be with the Father in heaven. Guess what? He's coming again for his people. It's the second coming. It's the second advent that we're waiting for. And maybe to you that's a little bit crazy or you grew up like me in church and you saw a bunch of crazy spooky movies about it. There's nothing crazy about it. It is the love of God that wants to be with his people. And he's coming. To, and one day we're going to meet him in the air again. This is the second advent. And we know that God is faithful. We know that it's going to happen, and he's coming for his people. And this is why the Apostle Paul finishes with pray and watch. Pray and watch. We're not watching for an answer. We're not looking for an answer. The answer is already here. But we know that it's coming once again. I wonder if you know this God. I wonder if you have a relationship with this God. With eyes closed and head bowed all across this auditorium. Every single eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in here this morning, you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I came to church this morning because somebody invited me. I came to this Christmas Eve service because somebody told me to come. Or because, you know what, it's only the few times a year that I actually make it out to service. But I, I don't really have a relationship with God. And I don't know if God wants a relationship with me. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying you're, you're doubting if God wants anything to do with you. You're saying, my life, it's messed up. My day-to-day, -day, I got things that I still haven't let go of, and I got issues that I still need to take care of. I got addictions and habits and problems in my life that one day I'll make it okay and I'll get right with God. I hope I could tell you this morning, you would listen, that God knows the details of your life. He knows everything you're doing. He sees the secret. He knows the hearts of men, and yet he loves us still. This is the gospel. This is what we proclaim. This is why we believe what we believe, that God loved us so much that even when we were dead in our sins, he sent his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. He knows what you're doing. He knows exactly what you've been going through. But he doesn't care what you did yesterday, last week, last month, last year. But maybe you're in here today and you're carrying around this shame, this guilt, this burden. Maybe you're carrying around something in your heart that you shouldn't be carrying anymore. I can't think of a better day to come into a relationship with God than on Christmas Eve. The day we celebrate that God came down on the earth because he loved us so much. The Bible says that sin separates us all from God. And all of us in here, we're sinners. Nobody in here is perfect. All of us, we failed. All of us are messed up. The Bible says all men fall short of the glory of God. We've all messed up in one way or another. Nobody's perfect here. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's judging one another. This is a community of people who are in need of God. While every eye is closed, while every head is bowed, if you're in here and you're saying, well, I know that that's me. i got sin in my life. i got issues in my life. i got habits in my life. This is why God sent his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. This is why he came and he was born in a manger. This is why he came and he lived the perfect life. And he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And he carried all of your sins, my sins. He carried all of, all of, all of our flaws, all of our failures. All of our mistakes, all of our shame, all of our burden, you don't have to carry that around anymore. What are you carrying this morning? You don't have to carry that anymore. What is on your shoulders that is weighing you down? What shame, what abuse, what past thing? He's saying, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Put it on his shoulders, and he carried it for us, and he went up on a cross, and he died for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus gave up his life on the cross, went into the grave for three days. But after three days, that lamb became a lion. That baby became a king. And he went from death to life.
He left sin in the ground and he defeated sin. He defeated death for you and for me. While the church is praying, while leaders are praying, come on, every eye closed, every, every person praying. In a moment of privacy, I'm going to count to three, and I believe hands are going to go up all over this auditorium. If you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with God. I want to start brand new today. I want to put my faith and my trust in this Jesus. I want to start brand new. I need a relationship with this God, my creator. I want to start today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow it is promised for no man. If that's you, at the count of three, all I'm going to ask you is to put your hand up right where you're at. Put it up for just a few seconds. I'm going to acknowledge you. Then you can put it right back down. Come on, at the church praying, eyes closed, head bowed. If that's you, if you're saying, today I begin a relationship with my God, at the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this auditorium. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Raise your hand as high as you can. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else, you raise it up as high as you can. You're saying today, I'm beginning a brand new relationship with God. Amazing. I see you. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else, you just raise your hand right where you're at. This is a brand new day for you. Awesome. All these hands that went up, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And all we're doing through this prayer is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. All of you who raised your hand, in fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat this out loud. We're going to say this with everything that we've got. We're talking to God who is here right now. And we're inviting him inside our life. And putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. The whole church, let's repeat this out loud. Say, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I will follow you all the days of my life. I am forgiven. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on, for every single person. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.